Man, sometimes you just feel the Holy Spirit so deep like in worship today and I was just like, you feel the weight of His glory and you feel like how little you are. Not in a false humility way, but just like, like how could you do anything without God? You know, like you need Him so bad. He takes you to this place where you're just like, man, Father, you have to go before me. And it's, it's like it's a shaking, but at the same time, it's a reassuring. This has nothing to do with what I'm preaching about, but just sometimes you feel that in the Spirit. And then God was showing me, sometimes we're so like sure of ourselves, and it's not really rooted in the truth. Like, and God does that to expose it. Not to expose, I think I'll get into that later, but God will do those kinds of things to let us know like really how bad we have to depend on Him because it's like we're so sure of ourselves that we'll never deny Jesus. We're so sure of ourselves that we're the remnant. And it's, I'm not talking about like, like we're going to proclaim and prophesy things and decree our destiny, but I'm talking about like this little root of pride that can come in where we're, like Peter had. He was so sure that he wasn't going to deny Christ. But then the time came. And like, you know, when he was fellowshipping and everything was good, he was so sure of himself because he's just with Jesus and the revelation is coming. And then the time comes where everything, you know, the devil's let loose. And then he's like, in a moment of panic, he denied Jesus. But we know he got forgiven. And then I remember when I was really young in the faith and I read about John the Baptist being in jail and he was questioning whether Jesus was the one. And I remember, I was so young in the faith, I had no understanding, and I was reading it, I'm like, how can you be struggling with that, John? Sometimes we read about characters in the Bible, and we're like, didn't Peter figure it out? Or how do you, and then, but when you really start to think about it, it's like none of us have really faced that type of persecution yet. And that's what is, part of what Frank was saying, is like the glory, when it goes public, it kind of opens it up to everything. I don't say this out of fear, but I'd say this out of like counting the cost and preparation of we can get so sure of ourselves on a faulty foundation that when the hour comes, it's like things start to like, ooh. Because no one's, I mean, John the Baptist was in jail just for preaching. You know, he didn't do anything that bad. And imagine you start to think, and, it, and we get, it's like this false security. I think God wants us to really get lower to count the cost of everything that's coming. And I don't know, I just felt that during worship, and I was like, man, something, you know, it's like this well, I'm the remnant, I, that's right. And then it becomes, I, I, I'm the remnant, I'm anointed, I got this. And then God like, takes you lower to show you, like, man, you got to stay at my feet or you'll just you'll wander off the second a little fiery dart comes from the enemy. Like, well, okay, I'll just compromise a little bit. But that's not what I'm going to preach about. But I felt led to say that. What I am going to preach about is crazy that Frank was honoring the foundation, apostles and prophets, because that's kind of what I'm going to go with. And I just thought it was so cool. It's like in a prophetic house. It's like I just asked Shane the other day. I was like, I think I got a word. And then he wants to, he's going to let me preach. And then he, Frank's got a word. And he's going to come up here and share it. Imagine in the system how many little things you got to go through to get on stage you know, and give a word. But in a spiritual house, it's like the Spirit's saying something. So it's like, yeah, say it. There's, it's like freedom. And it's, such, it's a good thing. I just thought that was awesome. But the name of this message is a prophet's reward. And we know there's, there's, there's two verses. I don't know how God's going to do this. I want the Holy Spirit to align everything so that it gets into our spirit. But the foundation of this whole thing is when, of this message, 
is when Shane preached fueling the fire. And then God showed me about the Garden of Eden and what surrounds the tree of life. And I'm going to read that verse real quick. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. This is after Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So before Adam and Eve were planted in the garden, we know the story, and then they sinned. And now he's got this sword of fire, and it's interesting because this even goes with Joe's message. It says, to keep the way of the tree of life is the sword of fire. And we talked about it last week, but we're going to get into it some more about the sword of fire, keeping the way. Now we have to go back through that sword, that flaming sword to get back into Eden when we hear the voice. And what's the sword? It's the word. It can be a prophetic mantle. It can be the hard things. And then the fire is what kills our flesh. And so we have to go through this to get back into Eden, back into the garden, back where we hear God freely. Because so many, they can get so close and God's calling them in and then they get to that sword of fire where they really have to hear a word from a prophet, hear a word that's true and convicting, and then they just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to creep over here, right? Like, I'm just going to stay right by here because I can't go through that. But I believe, and I'm just going to stay right here because this sword of fire, man, it's, it's a little too much. And the only time a lot of people end up going in it is, you know, when they've been in Nod for so long, and then finally they just can't take it anymore. They repent, they get humble, they receive the word, and then... You know, like our sheep instincts kick in and then we start to wander a little bit. And then we get really, really bad. And then finally we come back in, but God wants us to just stay. It's not like a one-time thing because it shows the way of the tree of life, right? What's the way? Like in the wilderness, it was the fire by night, cloud by day. Now the way of the tree of life, because we're never going get, to get done hearing the sword, going into the fire. So I think some, sometimes I even used to think it's like there's going to be... One intense fire, I'm going to come out looking like Christ and I'll never have to go through it. But really, you become one with the fire, and as you go from faith to faith and glory to glory, you kind of get used to a temperature, and so you don't realize you're in the fire anymore, and then God turns it up some more. So you're really in the fire the whole time if you're maintaining the way, and you're speaking the oracles, and receiving the word. But God will bring a season where it's like, you get so comfortable with that temperature, but now he wants to take you from faith to faith and glory to glory, so he turns up the heat. And then sometimes we think, oh, what did I do wrong? But it's that upside-down kingdom. More fire is actually promotion because he's showing you things inside of us that he couldn't show you a year ago. If right when we got saved, God revealed our whole heart, we would have run away. But he's like, here's this part in this season. And then if you handle that, you're like, okay, little fruit, little faith to faith, glory to glory. And then more fire. And you're like, ah. But then you start to get used to that thing. And that's where he wants us to be. And so we're, how we're going to, I want to try to tie it in with foundations, apostolic, prophetic foundations. Because God is kind of showing me this on Friday about prophets. Jesus was a prophet, right? Because like a prophet is someone who hears from the Lord, has the authority to break yokes, has the anointing to release the glory, to set the captive free. And really we all have that anointing. But it has to be, to really walk in that, you have to be submitted to the mantle. 
right? So Jesus was a prophet. This is kind of like a little teaching, but God was kind of showing me. An apostle is a prophet, but he's also an apostle. You know, Jesus was the Messiah, but he's also a prophet. And then a prophet's a prophet as well. And so it's actually like a threefold thing that's the foundation, right? Christ is the cornerstone, the chief apostle. Paul got that whole revelation. Then the apostle is first. And in their carnal mind, the word first, how they switch it around, it's like, you know, like on the podium in the Olympics, the first is standing up highest and he's got the gold medal. But really it just means they go first. They're the first on the scene, right? It's not like first place, they're the best. It's actually, you know, he says they're the doormat because they have to go first and everything's on top of them. And a lot of people in religious system, they covet that title, but they have no revelation of what you have to go through. Because as we see right now, I mean, this is 12 years in the making, and that apostolic mantle is still being revealed as we go into regions. So it's like, that's like a 12-year fire. And so people want it because they see the power, but they don't really understand everything that goes with it. So then what else did Paul say? Second is prophets. Second, once an apostle is called from God, now he's establishing an apostolic mantle, and then a prophet comes in. So he's second, and then he helps, and they work with the apostle and it's that whole thing, the chief apostle, Christ, the apostle, and then the prophet. It's like this threefold thing working together as like the foundation. And then we have, it said teachers are third, and it kind of went from there. But how God was showing me too, it's like when we're first born again, right, we don't have any revelation or understanding. We just know that Christ is king, and that's kind of where our foundation is. And we're not really accountable to an apostle or a prophet or a body yet because we don't have any understanding of it. But when God releases a revelation with understanding of it, then we can become accountable. So when I first came to HOT, I didn't really have an understanding of apostolic mantles and how it worked, but after a year or so, you get the revelation, then you become accountable to what God showed you, and then the submission comes in. And that word submission, it's almost like it goes with the word the way, because it's like, how, what is submission? Because if, if you want to listen to a good message a while back called submission versus control, like religion, they use that word submission, but they really want it for control. And submission is kind of, they've made it a dirty word. If you listen to that message, it'll go into that. But then I was thinking, it's like, how do you tell, some, how do you tell someone to submit? You can't. It's like, it's a spiritual thing. It's like God reveals something to you about a body member or anything, and it's like, it's like an honor deep within. It's like you just know God called someone. And so it's like, and then because in our carnal mind, submission, it's like you don't really know how unless God shows you. And in the world, submission is actually, it's like, like if you know you're supposed to submit to somebody, it can kind of turn into this convoluted thing because when it goes into the kingdom and we're striving to submit because like we know we heard the word, you have to submit. But then you're trying to do it actually can kind of manifest in a whole bunch of different ways. And one of the biggest ones is flattery. Because in the world, how do you honor those who are, you know, I hate to even use that really, like above you or something with more revelation. When the kingdom would be more revelation, it's like your natural instinct is flattery, is like soothsaying, saying nice things, because that's how you know, like you establish a rapport with someone. And I'm saying this now because God understand <clears throat> one sec God understands the strongholds from the world 
that we came into the kingdom with, like, right, you know, like, flatteries, jealousies, envyings. Paul said, I know you're carnal if you have those, but we come into the kingdom with those things. And God has mercy on them and grace on them, and he winks at them for a time. Then eventually he wants us to start dealing with those things because he wants the oil to flow between body members so you can really honor people in the kingdom. So it's like this. We're trying to get back into the garden. We have to go through the sword of fire. Someone full of fires ministering, and we're convicted, and we know, like, this is the word for me. And so instead of, like, going through with the word and receiving the conviction, it's like you go up there like, man, that's such a sharp sword you have, man. That's beautiful. What kind of handle is that? Stainless steel, beautiful sword. Look at this fire. It's so hot. You got the blue and the green flames. Wow. I've been kindling that thing for a long time. And then, you know, people have been taken out because they received that flattery, and they're like, wow, they, they honor it. They see the gift. And then they're trying, really, they're not going through it. They're just, they understand the revelation is true, but they're not really eating it. And actually, it goes with when Jesus said, you're trying to go in a different way. I read the scripture this morning. It's John 10, 1, about the sheep have to go through the sheep gate, which is the fire and the sword. You have to go in through there. And flattery is actually, it's like walking around it. Like, okay. They, they know I like what they said, but then they're coming in over here. But it's like the fire and the sword's right here. The tree of life's right here. But you're coming in a different way. And that's why what I want to get to is Paul said, you know, he wants us all to prophesy. And I think in the beginning, I'm going to kind of go talk about in the beginning how we're not accountable to a lot of things, but then when revelation starts to get revealed, we become more accountable and God can kind of, when he stops winking at things, he kind of takes away his covering in that area because he's like, man, this has been talked about. We got to go at it because I'm not going to really bless that anymore. Because Paul said everybody needs every I encourage you all to prophesy something about that when he's talking about the gifts so we're all called to prophesy but we're not prophets so I believe God when we're not fully submitted and I'm not here to tell anyone how to submit because that's something that only can be done in the heart when we're not submitted to a prophetic mantle or a piece of that foundation our prophesy our words fall to the ground because I was reading this too yesterday Samuel, it said, when he was being raised up as a prophet, none of his words fell to the ground. And when we, be, when we start to go from just believing in Jesus to now we know there's an apostle, now we know there's a prophet, and then we start becoming accountable to people in the body, then it's like that gift that runs down, if we're not submitted to it, it stops manifesting in our lives. And that's why we can prophesy, but we don't have the oil that goes with it because the mantle that God's established, that's where the oil comes from. And the thing that I think a lot of times happens is, I said this a little while ago, but why there's offices, why there's titles, religious systems, they abuse them, right? Apostles, prophets, I'm doctor, apostle, bishop, you know, they got the whole titles. But in the real kingdom, you need the titles because real apostles and prophets and teachers and they're amongst the sheep, and you can get so familiar with them, you forget. You know, so that's why he has, that's why I think Paul, almost all his letters, was like, hey, as an apostle of Christ, I write this to you. And you have to be very careful with the titles around certain people, because people with wounds from a religion, they don't like it, but it is a, 
part of the council of God, is part of his kingdom, so you do have to talk about it at the right time. So if you have any issue with the foundation that God's established in his kingdom, <clears throat> right, the foundation, you're trying to stand on the kingdom, and now God wants you to submit to people, but they're really not people, it's offices, like everything that was spoken of on that sixth day about creation was, you know, people were already called an apostle at that time. God spoke everything that's ever going to happen at that time. So people can see people and they're like, why do they have that office? Why do they have that? And then it's like they can't get their eyes off the person. And that's what really can stifle because we get familiar with each other. And God knows that too, so there's mercy on that. But he wants us to like really and... If you're feeling convicted and you feel like you need to honor somebody, like our first reaction is flattery, but really it's just seeing them in the spirit as how God chose them because he knows the heart and he knows what people can handle when he calls, it, calls the people to that. And I'll read that. Um, oh, well, I'll read, I don't think I read the scripture yet. When Jesus said, He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Right? And what's a prophet's reward? That's what I've been getting at is, if you're not receiving a prophet, a prophet's reward is hearing God. It's decreeing and declaring. It's breaking, breaking yokes. It's doing as the Father sees. But if a time comes where God's saying, hey, this is my foundation, and you gotta, then that's the reward, and you've got to receive him. If you're not receiving him, and you're trying to come in a different way, and then there's some funk in the oil, and people can tell, and that's usually the reason is because there's something wrong in the foundation. I'll read it. He that receiveth the prophet, and then he says, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So, and some people might get stirred up with this, because it's like we can't, can't get our eyes off man, right? But like God, who God uses as a messenger, it's like it's up to him. Like you can't get away from the callings that he spoke, put Adam and Eve into the That's when all the callings were released. Like people, that's why the gifts and callings are without repentance, because he spoke them 10,000 years ago. That was all part of it. Everything that's ever going to happen was released then. So, and that's why we got to go through the sword of fire to get a hold of that whole thing. And, but so many people are like, ah, right? That's like a religious mindset. They hate prophetic mantles. It's apostolic mantle, really, but you know, they're kind of the same thing. In a way, religion can't stand it. It's like, and that's why you see the body right now. Like people who are, I think, called to be prophets, they see the lukewarm church and they get so offended, and then they end up being a street preacher full of condemnation, and they're just rebuking people because they have so much bitterness towards the system and what Jezebel is doing in the church. But God actually wants to, like His end times ministry, and He will do it. I don't believe. I'm just speaking personally. I don't believe there's ever been a submitted five-fold ministry. Maybe it was in the book of Acts, and they didn't, because they didn't really get into much. They did speak about it, but like I'm talking a submitted, powerful five-fold ministry. And he was talking about this, about make room for more, right? Because where we are at as a body is we have an apostle and a prophet. But what if God starts, brings in a teacher, brings in, well, we, we kind of have a pastor, but brings in a real five-fold ministry. Well, if I've been here, I've been here four years. Well, there's someone else now i got to like submit to you, right? Make room for more. 
make room for more submission to people, but it then it's like, oh, that's like, it's like this thing where people just stop right before the fire and the sword comes because it's like, hmm. Because I was talking about this, someone else, like a remnant with people with the gifts, if you want to look at it like this, it's like an all-star team really, right? God pulled us all out of places because we saw the lukewarm church, we saw things, we had revelations, and then he puts us all together. And so when you have an all-star team together, there's going to be a lot of egos and pride and rivalries, and God kind of knows that. And he's using those things to see who's got a heart to submit to one another's revelation, who has like, if you sow honor, you'll receive honor. But it's like in that beginning time where he's calling people, there's that competition, right? It's like, oh, I got revelation too. I got, and God's like, yeah, but who's going to go lower? Because that's the whole thing is the longer you're on the narrow path, the more submitting you have to do. Like Jesus, think about Jesus. He was, we don't, I know there's a couple of accounts of him as a child, but then he really gets released and he's, you know, he's submitting you don't see he's submitting to peter's carnality because he's like all right i'll have patience with this he's submitting to his disciples by releasing himself long suffering with them that's kind of like what submission is like i think a lot of submission actually might be the fruits of the spirit right long suffering patience that sounds like submission and so he's submitting to them but then as he gets closer and closer to the cross, now, I mean, you know he had to submit to Pilate. He said, I could have do all these things, but that's not my father's will. So I'm, I have to let you pretend like you have control because God's will is for me to go on that cross. He had to submit to all these people hurling insult. Like that's the narrow way. And we can get this way where we're like, I'm going to get so anointed and show off all my skills. But that's the opposite of the kingdom. Because more, the more revelation and more stuff you get, then the more stuff's going to bother you and the more you're going to have to long suffer and the more you're going to have to see Christ in someone who just gets born again and is full of carnality. That's submission, to go low and see them. And that's what God wants in His remnant, is that, imagine, you know, how that's, this is a heart check. What if someone walked in and their calling was to, you know, be more anointed than you, and, but you got to help raise them up and sow it into Him without letting that stuff get in the way. That's, that's the kingdom. Oh, another thing, too, God was showing me, Jesus even had to, like, I think, it was actually a test when he was, not like, a, but something he had to deal with in his mind. All those people were pretty much, like, flattering him when he was going in Jerusalem on the donkey, right? They were worshiping him because in their mind they wanted him to be king of Israel and deliver him from the Romans, and they had these carnal lusts. Imagine, you know, that's probably something I was pulling at him, like, man, i got to go die on this cross, but... I just get off this donkey right now, these people will exalt me as king and then it'll be a good life. Like he just had to keep those things that you face as you keep going. It's like, that's why it's like that weight that God will hit you with sometimes you like realize like, wow, like this road, I'm never going to master this thing. It's like, I got to get so low because I know what's going to narrower and narrower it gets. It's like, then if, even that little bit of flesh comes and, and there's, then he stops winking at any, everything eventually. I'm going to read just what I've been talking about, but Paul gets into another thing in Corinthians about the foundation. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing, helps, 
governments, diversity of tongues, for we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. So then Paul says, As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so that's what you have to tell yourself. And deep down in, if you're struggling with honoring someone's calling, is that Jesus, and it says somewhere else, like, oh, and actually Paul says it every letter. He's like, I'm an apostle called by Christ. Right? Because there's so many apostles called by their own less, called by their own imagination. But once God shows that an apostle or a prophet is called by Christ and you stop honoring that, you're not honoring Christ anymore. And then the foundation's all off. And you're standing on something that's real faulty. And that's why God, I mean, that's, how, that's like a sign, a mark on this ministry, right? It went, Jesus called an apostle, an apostle saw a prophet, and now things are getting built. And we have to see it that way instead of seeing people. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. So God showed me a couple of things about it. No one is called just to be wood, hay, and stubble. right? We're all called to be gold and silver in the house of God. But we have to give our what is it, wood, hay, and stubble on the fire because that's what keeps... Like when I give my flesh, my wood, hay, and stubble on the altar, that's what purifies my gold and silver calling inside of me. And see, it's been preached about before too. Judas wasn't, his destiny wasn't to betray Jesus. I mean, it was prophesied. His destiny was to be an apostle, but he could never, so he was, he had, he was called to bear gold and silver in the temple of God, but he could never put his wood, hay, and stubble on the fire. And so what it, he turned into wood, hay, and stuff. That's who he became. And Paul talks, I was kind of go, there's going a different way with the revelation about that. But if you don't put your wood, hay, and stubble on there, the fire goes out. And remember we were talking about fueling the fire, the, the foundation, right? We were talking about foundation, the first log, and then the second log. God wants it to come out gold and silver, but you've got to put in your wood, hay, and stubble to purify that thing. And then if there's a weak link in there where someone doesn't put their wood, hay, and stubble in there, the fire can only go so far. Right? And he wants us to. Isn't it, it's interesting too, because like sometimes we can get, we know the truth is coming at us, and then it's like we fight it, and it's like, but it's going to be so much better if you just put your wood hay in stubble, because we've all been hit by the sword, and you have that moment where you can be like, ah, but the other person, that, they don't know, yeah. It's like we have that, you know, the flesh just starts going crazy, but it's like you just get through that. Put it in the fire, and then you realize, like a week later, you're like you don't even remember it because it got burned off, and then you have a little bit of peace. And you're like, wow, all right, God, let's do that again. But it's it can be very hard. The fire is a very hard lifestyle. That's kind of what Jesus was saying. It's counting the cost. It's kind of like today, now we know the fire is never gonna stop revealing things. If we, the mindset that if we have that, the fire will all be done with the fire and established. That's the opposite mindset, because you want people underneath you, you want people to see how you came out of the fire, you want to be seen as glory. Well, we're glory carriers, but it's like the personal pride thing, and God wants to make it the other way around. And so, I talked about Peter and Judas, but the one thing I want to share too is how, it's really Leviathan, right, when we have an offense with somebody, when you have a problem with leadership, you start seeing someone in their carnal mind. When one person has an issue with anybody with those mantles, it can wreak havoc for everybody. Because it happened 
Judas, he was the one sleeping with Leviathan. He was the one with Leviathan issues. He was the one in agreement with Leviathan. But he got so messed up with it. What happened? Everybody abandoned Jesus for a time. Peter wasn't in bed with Leviathan, but it was in the atmosphere, right? The denying, betraying, it was in the atmosphere. It was clouding up his judgment. And so Judas had a problem with the foundation, and then it started affecting everybody. Right? And Judas even used flattery. He even used a kiss. Look, I'm right with you, Jesus. And other people can start, they probably saw that and they, you know, they didn't have discernment and it starts messing with people. When you start seeing how things look in the natural, but it's not balancing with the spiritual. And that's really why all of us came out of religion is because we want to be one with the spiritual. But the ultimate test is like, can you, when the sword of fire comes... Can we accept it, or is it always for somebody else? Is it always my father's Abraham, right? Because it's so easy to do that. But God doesn't come to destroy us. He comes to show you how his kingdom works, because when things start, and God told me this, he's like, you don't want, when I said the word expose before, expose is kind of what the Pharisees were looking to do to Jesus, is what those heresy hunters do. They want to expose you, like, aha. And God never wants to expose anybody. He wants to show people. He's like, hey. This is what's going on, and we can fix that because when the glory comes, we don't want the glory to expose us, right? The glory exposes Ananias and Sapphira. We want the glory to like come out of us, be, a, be one with the glory, but when the glory starts exposing people, that's a dangerous time. We, don't want the, we, want the, we want to be shown things in the right time before things happen so that we can be prepared because it's like... Dude, this glory's coming and God's releasing this word because he wants people to really, and I think that's why Frank brought that word to really bring honor to apostles and prophets today, to really stop seeing them in the flesh, to really get right with that. Because in religion, everywhere in the Bible, they had a problem with prophetic words coming from people. It's like it's the hardest thing to really accept in the Spirit. And if you think about it, when an apostle is called, they have to operate as a prophet themselves, and they don't, because they kind of have to till the ground and build at the same time. But eventually, when another body part like a prophet comes, they can do more building, and then you'll actually see people are actually much more accepting of an apostle when they don't have to act like a prophet as much. And you, you, can, you can notice that. But then... That, that prophetic thing that just speaks to us and we hear it all week in our head and they're exposing us and then we get mad at the person we get, and then we start thinking about their faults. But one thing you'll know if you ever called, ever have to bring a word, God's going to hold you to that word for a ne- the next week, the next month. It's like people have this lust of wanting to speak, but they don't know like if you're in a real place and you're going to be a messenger for God, he's going to hold you to all that stuff. So like people are so worried about, like, well, what about you? It's like God said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, but they're going to be accountable for that. Like, don't worry. Like If you ever have an issue with, like, what about them? It's like, trust me, they're going to be accountable. Like God doesn't take it lightly when he releases a word to somebody. But it's like in our mind, they're like, yeah, but you. It's like God knows, trust me. He knows what's going on, and he's going to hold them accountable. So... See if God has anything else, but I mean, the moral of the story is we got to get right with the foundation because if it's, it's going to wobble, and maybe 
it might take some time for people, and I just, I pray God can just like do that inside of us because nobody has gone. If and this is the thing too, is you can start comparing people's fires, people's the sword they have to receive, and you know what Jesus' answer was to that to Peter when he showed him how he was going to die. And then John was standing there, and he says, what about him? Because he showed Peter how he's going to die, and then I think we learned, not it's not in the Bible, Peter died by upside-down crucifixion. So I guess Jesus showed him, it's like, Peter, you're going to do this for me, and you're going to die like this. And then he goes, what about him? And then he said, what's it to you? Yeah, it sounds like it's so lack of grace on that. But that's really how he, he takes comparison. Like, he hates that. When we start to like, but they don't have that fire, they don't have that thing, and i got to go through so much more, and then this, and then that, and then... Jesus is just saying, like, what's it to you? And it sounds so harsh, but it's like, that's, that's how he sees it. When you start comparing fires, comparing the amount of flesh, it's like, it really doesn't matter how much of the world you come in with, because everybody has mindsets and strongholds. And some people can be like, but I had this and that, and I went through this, and they just did that. But it's like, it doesn't matter. The world, they, everybody has to get burned of the world. And the second you start thinking about somebody else's fire or their deliverance or what they're going through, it's the devil's eyes. He doesn't want us to see that. He wants us to be there to encourage people to go through it, not to be like, but his fire is so much easier. That fire is the hardest. Right? It's like that comparison thing that he hates. And I know that's, it's just a confronting word in a way, but... I feel like God just wanted to release that right now, and I feel like the honor that was bestowed before I spoke, it's a confirmation, right? That's like a spiritual house. It was a confirmation. So, Father, right now, I just want to seal this word, God. Father, I ask you to bind up every religious spirit. We have a religious system inside of us sometimes of how we think things should go. That's, we always are focused on the religious system out there, but we have a religious system inside of us trying to navigate things, and the, the sword and the fire is trying to show us the way of the tree of life constantly, and then the second we get a little system, we think we figured it out, and then God's got to show His mighty hand to us. Thank you, Father, for Your Word in this hour, God. Thank you, Father.